is the ghostly gondolier. He has struck again. A big hello to all you mystery solvers out there, and welcome to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. Each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My name is Ethan, and my guest this week is Daniel Foster. The episode that Daniel has selected is A Menace in Venice, which is either the 13th episode of Season 3 of The Scooby-Doo Show, or the 13th episode of Season 3 of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? There's some confusion about that, which we will get into here in a little bit. But for now, welcome to the show, Daniel. Hi! Thanks for having me. Uh, Long-time listener, uh, first-time caller, I'm excited to talk about this dog and his friends. Absolutely, absolutely. so, right off the bat, Daniel, something I like to find out from my guests is if they had, like, a favorite cartoon when they were a kid, or if they watched cartoons at all, all of that sort of situation. Any cartoon or Scooby-Doo cartoon? It, I mean, if you did watch Scooby-Doo, then that's great, but it's just in general, what was your relationship to cartoons when you were a child? Um... I my relationship to cartoons was anything that was on Nickelodeon, basically. So I watched your SpongeBob's, your Fairly Odd Parents, your Jimmy Neutrons, your Jimmy Timmy Power Hours, uh, those sorts of things. I did not watch Scooby Doo really at all. My only experience with with the Doo, as I've heard people like to call it, is uh, just from the live-action films and from the uh, that animated classic that came out last year that we all love. Oh, you saw and it? You saw Scoob? I saw Scoob! Exclamation point, and I think it's not as bad as people say, but also I have no context for anything that it's screwing up, which yeah, is probably... Enough. I mean, yeah. In 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 reality, it's probably not as bad as you know it's it's on par with a lot of you know mediocre children's entertainment that comes out these days it's just yeah yeah um, yeah really the only thing i remember from it is an incredible joke which i can't recite verbatim because i don't remember the specifics but whatever the joke is about uh how scooby-doo gets his middle name or gets how the how they name scooby-doo how shaggy names him in the beginning there's an incredible joke with the police officer. Uh, that's really yeah. all I all I remember from well, it. Well, that was like, yeah, the the opening with you know him as a as a puppy was like the what they led with in all of the the commercials and everything. Yeah, know, as part of the uh, a sort of baby Yoda uh, uh, yeah. effect. Yeah, and then you know, for I, some reason last year I rewatched Monsters Unleashed. Um, great movie. Which I, it was one of those movies I had no, I knew I had seen it. And when I rewatched it, I realized I had remembered a lot of images from it, but I, I never had any opinion on it. It was just something I'm pretty sure I watched before, along with the first one. It's, it's really good. 
I it's, and I know you love it. And I, I was surprised. I, I, I forget why I put it on. I think I just put it on just to put it on. But it's just got such great bits, just gag yeah. after gag. It just it all and, and it all hits. Yeah. It's really impressive. Um, the second one is a lot better than the first one, in my opinion. Yeah. But um, the first one has its charms for just being a very bizarre cultural artifact. <laughs> the first one, I think, scared me. All the body swapping stuff. It's scary. Uh, yeah, it freaks me out. It's a scary uh, thing. But two is great. One of the best films of 2004. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, wh- why did you pick this episode for us to discuss today? I picked it because the plot synopsis on wikipedia seemed really weird and convoluted and it it sounded like there could potentially be opera in it as it takes place in italy and they have a lot of that stuff because i'm a classical music opera uh nut if you will um yeah isn't it it, i um, picked it isn't it the case that you're parents or like composers or something like that or they're all well, everyone in my family basically is a musician in one sense in a sense my i have like three uh teach music teachers in my family my mom uh is not a professional musician but knows how to play the piano and can sing my sister is a professional pianist just uh, every yeah ev- i am yeah and i i was trained musically until uh i i uh, went to college so this it's really the only music that i know all all classical music yeah yeah Um, so i thought i could bring some insight uh to it uh spoilers i can't i don't know (laughs) i don't know what the if if the music in the one opera scene at the beginning is a real opera or just score for the episode. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can't give anything. So really my presence here is pretty useless, but I'll do my best. Yeah. I could tell you that it, uh, it definitely is not a real opera. It's definitely just recycled score. Um, All right. I was, uh, I, you know, whenever we, we, we were talking about which episode you picked, you picked this one. I did not, I remembered it like the atmosphere of it. And I, remembered the the running bit of the green eyes that that mm-hmm. takes place in it but i did not remember the details at all it is an absolutely bonkers episode of it's show. <laughs> i don't understand it fully it's really convoluted yeah, um, yeah. i watched it two and a half times and like i just don't yeah. think i can summarize it still granted the the point the half uh time was i watched the first 10 minutes of a russian dub that i found thinking I could, uh, maybe this would provoke some more discussion. It doesn't. And so I (laughs) I stopped it. Um, I found a lot of dead ends trying to come up with things to bring up. But yeah, it's very confusing. Don't worry, I I took copious amounts of notes, so Mm -hmm. we will be able to, uh, to to dissect everything that happens in this episode. Um, Fantastic. Before we get into the actual plot of it, though, what um, what did you think of the presentation of the show? Like, the way it 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 looks, the way it is, uh, is packaged, what did you think? 
That's interesting. Um, the presentation is very professional, I would say. This is my first uh, episode of Scooby-Doo I think that I have seen. If I saw any, any as a kid, uh, I have no memory of it. Right. Uh, right. Uh, or any old cartoons like these. I have very little experience outside of some Looney Tunes shorts. But those uh, are a lot. Uh, those are, had a much bigger budget, so they are yes, animated much better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That that was one of the things I noticed. It's. Uh, uh, I mean, one they have much more time, so a lot of the jokes are a bit slower, and it's not. Yeah. You know, every split second, a gag is crammed in. Um. But yeah, it looks good. Uh, I was surprised. I don't know why it was. I guess I shouldn't have been how much the voices are exactly just what the voices are in the live action films. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it looks good. Yeah. Um, so in the intro, I, I kind of alluded to some confusion surrounding this season of Scooby-Doo. Um, so Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The original show ran from two, for two seasons from 1969 to 1970, the end of 1970, um, two, two seasons, like 26 episodes. And then they went on a break for a while. They did the, the show where they came, where they extended it to an hour long break or an hour-long block, and they brought in the guest stars or whatever, right? So that's where you have, like, the, the episode with Batman and Robin. And, you know, oh, I they, see. They bring okay. in, like, the Three Stooges and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they switched networks to from CBS to ABC, and ABC made this new reboot of the show called the Scooby-Doo Show. And it, it was basically the exact same as Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? It was, it was somewhat less um had somewhat less of a budget but in general it was the exact same formula and it was back to being 30 minute blocks and then for some reason like halfway through the third season of the scooby-doo show they decided to change the name back to scooby-doo where are you and and claim that it was the third season of this show that was made by a different network that stopped being made um like almost 10 years to the day at that point (laughs) um but but it was made during with the same production team as the first two seasons of the Scooby-Doo show has the same voice actors and the same theme song. Like I'm assuming as you watched it, like you saw the, the theme song that ends with mm-hmm. the Scooby-Doo show. Right. Mm-hmm. But in subsequent home video releases, it's been released as Scooby-Doo are you season three? I don't, I find it all very strange and confusing. Um, <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, I just call it Scooby-Doo Show Season 3 because right. it <clears throat> was made as that. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> because it was made as Scooby-Doo Season 3 and then they just decided to change the name. But like spiritually and, and in every other sense, it is the Scooby-Doo Show Season 3. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a very weird situation there that has never fully made sense to me and has only ever caused confusion <laughs> sounds like a freaking scooby-doo episode if you ask me that's right yeah somebody's gotta gotta investigate we gotta get the gang on the case here um the dog's gotta look into this did you watch this on hbo max 
No, I don't have HBO Max. I found <laughs> I found a 480p version on Vimeo. Fair enough. That served me just fine. Uh, you know, on um, yeah, because I think I watched it on Boomerang, and I think that it is packaged under the Scooby Doo show on there, but I don't know what it, where it is on HBO Max. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, on Vimeo, it's credited as Scooby Doo. Where are you? There you go. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah. What did you think of the theme song for the show? It's it's good. It's the it's the Scooby Doo theme song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know that I have a lot more to say about it. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just curious your thoughts. Um, okay, so we might as well get started here, Daniel. Um, so something I like to do is um, give some background as to what was happening in the world whenever the show, whenever each episode comes out, because like you know, each week we uh, we switch back and forth from you know decade to decade, series to series. So it's good to put us in place in time. So this episode premiered December second, nineteen seventy-eight. Um, okay. So. Some other things that were going on in the news in December 1978. Um, Diane Feinstein is named as San Francisco's first female and Jewish mayor. All right, all right. Another Very exciting. Excited to have a politician with no problems. That's right, that's right. Well, you know, we, we stand a, a girl boss on this show. A girl boss. That we do. Um. Speaking of no problems, serial killer John Wayne Gacy is arrested for murder. Aww. Yeah, bummer. I know. End of a good run there. <laughs> and then talk about um, a real life Scooby Doo villain. That's right. That's right. I don't know. And then finally, Superman the movie premieres in theaters. Interesting. What are your thoughts on Superman the movie? Have I have seen never it? seen Superman the movie. I have, however, seen The Deer Hunter, which yes. also came out in 1978. I wonder if that in was... In December, that. yes. It also came it, out... Was that um, a December release? Uh, yeah. Yes. The, uh, the best picture winner yeah. for the next year. The controversial best picture winner, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Superman the movie actually is somehow almost as long as The Deer Hunter, which is... What? How long is Superman yes. the movie? It's like... Two and a half hours long. That's crazy. It is terrible. Deer um, Hunter, I think it's. I Deer Hunter, I think is a clean three. Yeah, I might be it, wrong. Either push it's it a proper. Three. It's a proper epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superman the movie, um, much too long. As I think, all Superman movies have been so far. They all have overstayed their welcome. I think. Yeah. And, and lost steam in the second half. But it is, it is fun for the first half, for sure. Um, okay, so let's get into A Menace at Venice. Now, when this episode opened on an a, uh, exterior shot of the Venice Opera House, you must have been getting excited, right? I, I, was, I was revving up. I was ready to type. I was ready to, to write down some notes about what this opera could be and what it means right. uh, for for the themes of the episode. And, you know, it didn't let me do that. <laughs> no. it didn't. Not, not only is there not 
an opera playing during this bit. It it barely even has music playing. It is insanely quiet. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no like it's not even like they 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 came up with their own like fake overture or whatever. It is just the typical very quiet um score that they've been using since like 1969 that they recycle over and over again that usually plays under like action or people talking or whatever. Like it is not it is not scene setting music, but instead it's just as very quiet opening as we're introduced to our, our villain silently making his uh his entrance here. Yeah. It's a very, very bizarre um like tempo to an to an opening of yeah, of a story for sure. Yeah, um, I I haven't seen uh really any other Scooby Doo episodes, so I can't really compare. But yeah, it is it is bizarre how it starts with, as you say, uh, a kind of stock music for the show. Yeah, yeah. Over what should be dr- very dramatic, diegetic music. Yeah, there's then, no. Yeah, there's people on stage, but there's no singing whatsoever, or even like dialogue amongst the people in the play right yeah and then when the ghostly gondolier shows up it's the it's the pit conductor who screams it's the ghostly gondolier a flagrant violation of his job which is to not talk and conduct the orchestra i don't really know what's going on there but yeah he's just so shocked by the presence of the ghostly gondolier i mean i was shocked too i hadn't i hadn't seen him before it's true well, um, you're not from Venice, as we learned later on. The ghostly gondolier is a staple of Venice in Italy. Someone that it's a Venetian mythology. Yes, somebody that everybody knows and can uh, can recognize on sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, to be fair, we do learn that this is his second um, hit. Like he's 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 recently yeah. reappeared on the scene. He's previously stolen a a. A, a pendant that belonged to Doge Malvolio the fourth, and this is him coming in to grab the second pendant of a set of four, which is yes. becomes very important. Um, but yeah, like he swings in the the this this medallion is like embedded in like the the crown molding or something of the uh, of the the proscenium. Yeah, and he he swings in and steals it, and everybody is shocked or whatever. It stops the play in its tracks, and he makes his his very quick getaway, slowly, you know, rowing his gondola. Away yeah, it's not place. it's not a fast mode of transportation. I no. guess it's I guess he's he's got the fog on his side. Yeah. I guess I mean, that's he, what lets him do yeah. it. He you know he knows how to play into his his uh, his branding, right? Like he knows yeah. how to. Uh, to fit the bit, but yeah, I don't think that a gondola would make for very good, um, very good getaway vehicle. And also, but, if everyone knows the ghostly gondoliers around, you'd think someone would say, you know, watch the water. Maybe yeah, exactly. I guess there's a lot of water. Maybe it's too much water to watch. It's true. It's Venice. That's like but saying, yeah. you know, watch the roads. Which I mean, I guess they yeah. do, do whenever like a bank driver runs drives yeah. away, but. But someone can at least drive really fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he doesn't have like a, a onboard motor strapped to the back of it. Or um, but yeah, we get right before we cut to the gang, we get a close up on the uh, the ghostly gondolier speaking to camera, mm-hmm. 
um, saying, soon the doge's treasure will be mine. So yeah. we, uh, we have a very clear motive from our, our villain, yeah. which, by the way, let's talk about our villain. What do you think of his design, Daniel? He looks pretty cool. His voice yeah. always throws me off a little bit. I feel like maybe... Uh, maybe it's just because uh, Italian people are not threatening to me. <laughs> but except for a few key historical Italians, which we don't need to get into, the Italian right. accent uh, is just very funny to me. And yeah, so when it's he's like, the... I get the treasure, um, <laughs> yeah. it it really throws me for a loop. And it it, it every time when I see that 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 silhouette that figure and then i and then i hear that accent it always uh there's always some tonal whiplash there yeah, but yeah it's a very it's a very good villain i would say i don't know how yeah. it ranks against the other scooby-doo i agree uh, no i agree but i think I it's like a, a great design um he's got like a he's wearing like a like a hooded cloak type situation mm-hmm. and he's got uh just uh, a, a void of a face with glowing eyes and a mouth beneath it. Um, yeah. Great design. Really am I'm very fond of it. Uh, sticks Stuck in my memory from when I was a kid, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, now we cut to the gang, and to let you know that they are in Venice, uh, <laughs> Velma says, so this is Venice, as they are yeah. standing beneath a banner that says, Welcome to Venice. And the subtext here is that they are in Venice, I yes. think. Yes. I wrote yes. that in my notes. Just to um just to clarify, they are in Venice. They did drive the mystery machine here. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh I don't know what sort of capabilities the mystery machine has, but it I bet I bet it's not beyond its capabilities to drive from I assume they're stationed in America. Yes, uh, yes, yes. to to Italy, That's and true. then, and then to Venice. But yeah, yeah. It's not a it's not a problem of whether or not it can drive on the water. It's just that you know they don't allow mystery machines to drive in the canals. In, yeah, it's because of very uh, you know strict cultural um, laws that they have in place and everything. Yeah, um, we we learn that. They are here to visit their buddy Antonio, who runs Antonio. the pizza parlor. Yep, of course. And then know, Shaggy starts freaking out. Yeah, he's excited about the pizza. Um, yeah. However, he is about to freak out in his own right because they they you know they get into the gondolas and there's not enough room for both of them, for all of them and the luggage because they've got a lot of luggage for. What seems to be they're going to be there for maybe a day or two. <laughs> um, and but... the gondolier they do have is so scary. Yes, he he like speaks through gritted teeth in his accent, like uh, like there's a no other gondolier, there's no one else, only me. It's yeah. very um, yeah. It's it this this is the first bit in the episode where I'm really like struck by. The menacing atmosphere that's being yes. crafted for us. The is this guy? Yeah. yeah. He, I like that he's wearing um, a black and white striped shirt, a scarf, and a beret. Mm-hmm. But he's not French because that's you know your typical yes. uh, your typical um, like 
20th century coding for a Parisianer, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but no, he's, yeah. uh, he's Italian. This is what Italians look like. Yeah, and that makes him even scarier than the ghostly gondolier to me. Because yeah. the, what the show is, what the episode is positing is, the, this is just what people in Italy are like. This yeah. is what people in Venice are like. They're this, they're this guy, and that's that's so much scarier because this is not a an exceptional human being, uh, yeah. an exceptional villain, but just this guy who will be very mean to you. Yeah, <laughs> in, in a striped shirt and a beret. Yeah, I mean, you did say Quite that. Yeah, you did say that. His his intro is that he says that um, he's the only other gondolier. Which that's I'm scared. I think that's a lie. I <laughs> for several reasons I don't think that's true. He's hiding something. It's got to be yeah. He's got to be running a scam of some kind, right? Like like yeah. You know, don't get someone else's business. I'm the only one because it, yeah. it literally can't be. Although you know they did arrive in the middle of the night, so maybe he's the only one working at three o'clock in the morning or whatever. I I still I still yeah. don't think so. It's Venice. This is like yeah. their whole thing. They yeah. need other gondoliers. It's true, but um, you know, because there's not enough room for both of them on the boat, Scooby and Shaggy have to take their own boat, which means that Scooby Doo is going to be the gondolier for their their boat. <laughs> um, yeah, not Shaggy. Shaggy's just going to chill. He's just going to sit yeah. back and, and hang out with the. Uh, with the luggage in his opposable thumbs. No, this is uh, yeah. this is Scooby's business, but um, yeah, the, I guess the paws can grasp the whatever they're called. Uh, oar, yeah, the, I guess. The oars, yeah. yeah. Um, or I guess it's a is it an oar or a paddle? I don't know the difference. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's a, I think a paddle is whenever you're standing up. So yeah, it's a paddle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so, like they go off into the fog and they get separated and the boys the the scooby and shaggy they stumble across the ghostly gondolier of course Mm -hmm. Um, which who doesn't try to hide himself no he does no he makes a meal out of his sighting yes yes i mean you know he's a he's a natural performer i think he's a showman Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah, they have a they have a run in. They get very scared. They they you know they they jump off the boat or whatever, and then and Velma and the rest of them don't believe them. Uh, but they uh, oh well, you know whatever. Yeah. It's Scooby and Shaggy. They're always seeing things. This seems um, to me like something that would happen in a lot of Scooby Doo episodes. You might think so. Yeah, that uh, yeah. that the, that. The Scooby and Shaggy see the monster before anybody else. Yeah, that is. And no one believes them. That is routine. You think it's yeah. kind of like you know the X Files. Like at some point, you would have to be, you'd have to throw the skepticism away. You'd have to be like, yeah. okay, this happened literally yesterday as well. Like you saw Bigfoot or whatever, so I'm going to believe you that you saw a, a ghostly gondolier in. in yeah, the- yeah. But oh well, Velma, Fred, always a skeptic. Um, so yeah, so now we're here at the pizza parlor. Did you catch what the name of the pizza parlor was, Daniel? I do not remember what the name of the pizza parlor was. The name of it was the Merchant Venice Pizza Parlor. I see, because it's like it, it's like the 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 Shakespeare play. Yes. Um, almost a 
a pun or a joke, but in reality, it's literally, it's nothing. It's yeah. not the Merchant of Venice Pizza Parlor or anything. It's just Merchant Venice Pizza Parlor. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I should admire them going for the uh, the classical literature reference. I don't know. I wouldn't describe it as going for it. That seems a tad generous to me. But, you know. Yeah. They put as much effort into this as they did into uh, the uh, opera at the beginning of the Yeah. Yeah, it's just a thing they wrote. Yep. We yeah, so we meet um we meet our pal Antonio. Antonio, look. Just a classic Italian guy with with no afro. Yes. Working at a pizza parlor. He says, When I'm not working here, I am studying at the academy. Yeah, at the academy. With Mario. Exactly. Antonio and Mario. But what I loved is that he says this sentence, like, you know, I'm not working here, I'm studying, blah, blah, blah. And Velma's follow-up question is, what about your famous ancestor, Doge Malvolio IV? Yes. Which is not at all an applicable question to what he has said. You know, like, it's not a response yeah. at all. And also, She's an inquisitive type. That's true, that's true. But also, they can... We've established that they are friends, supposedly. Yeah. I was going to ask you, does this Antonio ever show up in the oh, lore? No. Okay, no. this is just their good, quote-unquote, friend Antonio, yeah, who's yeah, invited yeah. all of them to Venice. Yes, but also... To, um, to what, again? What was the, like, what was the premise no of the they invitation? Just were, they were just coming to visit him. Okay. Um, but, uh, but Maybe also, he wanted to see if he could get away with it as the showman that he is. Yeah, he wanted be. to see if he could get it past them. But also, they um, are such good friends that they don't know that he works at this pizza parlor and that he is studying art. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. For whose benefit is him telling them that? You know what yeah. I mean? But also, thinking about it now, like literally just now I've had this thought. We establish that he is the Ancestor of Doge Malvolio the Fourth, right? So like, like big, big cheese in old Venice, right? Like, yes. Like I looked it up. Like a Doge is basically the same thing as a, as a Duke would have been. Yeah. In ancient England, you would th- so you would think that he would not need to be working his way through art school. You would think he would have a lot of money and would not yeah. need to be working nights at a pizza parlor. <laughs> you know, like yeah, seems. Seems like, come on, Antonio, focus up on your studies here, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But the important thing about uh, Doge Malvolio the It's kind of is... like how, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, it's kind of like uh, how Mussolini's granddaughter keeps arguing with Jim Carrey on Twitter. You're, you're correct about that. This is, it, which, it's sort of the same thing, or it's like... You're famous. You're yeah. Italian. You have better things to do. Yeah, she should be. She should be. You know, just chilling on the Amalfi Coast, like uh, uh, eating or not Amalfi. That's in Greece. Um, what is the the one in in Italy? I don't. Don't know. ask me. Don't yeah. ask me. Chilling on the uh, Italian coast, just like you know, drinking wine and 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 uh, you know, just sitting around being rich. That's what she should be. Yeah. Doing. Yeah, I don't know. You have to each their own. Twitter is a is a a siren song to many. Can't, yes, can't escape. Yes. 
Um, we, we get some background on Doge Mavilio, and as we uh, discover, there are... A very medallions. dramatic backstory. Yes, yes. there are four medallions, and uh, they were split up amongst the ancestors, and, and, and Tony has got one around his neck, right? Uh-huh. Um, one's already been stolen, but, um, you know, he's not worried about it until we bump into our pal Mario... He's just booking it to come to come inform him that the second one has been just been stolen from the opera house. Yeah, he's psyched. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, again, great, great, easily readable name for an Italian person. Yes. Mario, Mario, Antonio. Antonio. Yeah, these are the Italians. Yes, 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 yes. Um, we get to. The Fine Art Museum. We have to go. We have to go there now to the Academy, yes. because um, that's where the third medallion is being kept. It's in a safe mm-hmm. of some sort, right? Yes. Um, and they, uh, we get there and we see these these portraits of all of the ancestors of uh, Doge Malvolio. You know, all of Antonio's ancestors. They've all got green eyes. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Antonio, they've all got these green eyes. And not only are there portraits of Antonio's ancestors in this museum, but there's also a portrait of the ghostly gondolier. Yeah. Now, could you make sense of this, Daniel? Because I find it truly baffling. <laughs> of of why there is a portrait of the ghostly gondolier. Yes. In this yes. museum. So yes. Yeah, it, it it's very interesting. So is this a museum to this this uh this this family line or just for general Italian sort yeah. of royal history? Yeah, I don't know cuz it would have made sense for them to do the whole let's look at these portraits or whatever at Antonio's house. Like if they had done yeah. that there before going to the art museum or whatever, then this would all make sense. But otherwise it really does not. Um, we I mean, maybe a, it's just a piece of art to Italian maybe, history. It's just very convenient. That looks exactly like the art style yes. of the episode. Yes. Cause Kubi and Shaggy are frightened by this pic- portrait. And then another creepy Italian man comes along this yes. time. The, uh, the, curator of the museum um dr solari uh he he's going to tell us the backstory for the ghostly gondolier um which is where my favorite part of the episode comes in which is we get we you know flash back to however many years ago like centuries ago and the ghostly gondolier both is already named the ghostly gondolier and looks exactly the same yeah it's uh, yeah, and then this, and then this humongous battle sequence, resulting in the uh, yeah, we uh, the we learned that, of the castle. We learned that that the the ghost of Gondolier again. This is just his name. This is what he is known as as a human being. He was known as the ghost of Gondolier. That he has been sentenced to the dungeons for high treason. Um. Who knows what, you know, literally 
I assume that a doge is like any other monarch where they can just come up with whatever they want, right? Yeah, I, I have a feeling the bar for treason was much lower back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he gives a stern warning that his his spirit will haunt Venice forever. And you would think that this would be the ending of it, but instead what happens is that he somehow escapes. Yes. We, uh, we don't see any of that or, or get an explanation whatsoever. It's literally like, you know, somehow Palpatine has returned. Somehow yes. the ghostly gondolier gets out of the dungeon and leads an army to the city to burn and raise Venice mm-hmm. in his revenge. He's gotten his revenge, right? Like, he's done. Yes. He, his spirit does not need to linger anymore. He's, he's No, no, he has attained what he sought. He's proven he what he he's he's made his point while still alive. He can just you know, his spirit can be put to rest whenever he eventually dies. But clearly that he can make like Mussolini's granddaughter and just yeah. chill. Yeah, but instead, um, that is not the case uh, because he could not find Doge Malvolio's treasure, which he really yes. wanted, and all the only remnant of the treasure was. These four medallions that were given to four ancestors, just like um, just like the mother boxes were given to the different factions of the world and that sort of thing, right? So yeah. Nobody will ever be able to have the power of bringing them all together. Yeah. I don't know what movie you're talking about, but continue. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, what happens next is so funny to me. Which is, um, you know, Antonio says, uh, Professor Solari has the only keys to uh, the safe where the medallion is, this very priceless medallion. Mm-hmm. And then Solari just goes to Fred and is like, here you go, take him. He yeah. gives him the keys and says, make sure to bring them back when you're done. <laughs> it's like... Watch <laughs> trust. Yeah, you're doing a pretty poor... Uh, you're pretty bad at your job here as the uh, keeper of this medallion if you're just going to give it to some random American kids who show up. You know, like, yeah. come on, man. Um, <laughs> the, uh, they, they go and they, they find it, they unlock it, and they're all taking a look at it and getting their grubby little hands all over it, you know, uh, you know, smearing their finger oils onto this priceless mm-hmm. medallion. Mm-hmm. Um Finishes on Daphne putting it on, of course, because she's a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then who's going to show up? Who? The, the ghost of Gondolier. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my God. He was there the whole time. Hey. He, uh, he abducts Daphne, literally just puts her in a, in a potato sack. I mean. <laughs> and throws her on the back of, the, of his gondola. Or as Fred says, a gondola. If it ain't broke, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and he's 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 paddling away. And as you know, as we we previously established, gondola not very fast. Yeah. So, so the gang especially ru- now down. now that they're on his tail. Exactly, they're on foot. Thick. They're they're right next to him. They're rushing after him. Um. Um. They uh they they decide to split up so they can they can cover more ground to get him and uh, he turns the corner and vanishes into thin air. Don't know how he does it. He's a ghost. 
even. Makes sense. Tacos do it. But, really um, scary to consider. It is scary because you. But Velma finds something on the ground. Her very first clue. That's mm. She finds All some sort of red plastic. No, that's not yet. Not that's yet. Not I'm sorry. Oh, I'm that's sorry. okay. That's okay. That I is tried another... to participate. No, you're good. That's another very important clue. But what she finds instead is a empty gas canister, mm. which will come back in later for, in a very, very bizarre way, I would say. <laughs> um, I don't actually remember, so I'm excited to re- to learn this yeah, later. Yeah. You will how learn. It comes back. You will learn what this is used for. <laughs> I can't wait um, to watch this episode after we finish recording. <laughs> Well, watch it in uh, in maybe Finnish this time, or find some yeah. other language. Maybe Italian. Yeah. Maybe Italian. Italian. Maybe the there's secret messages. Yeah, in the only Italians will understand. Yeah. And then right before the ad break, the gondolier takes a moment to gloat with Daphne as he's locked her in the dungeon. <laughs> he goes, "Let those who cross my path beware!" As he's holding up his all his uh, yes. his beautiful medallions. But that is halfway through the episode, so Daniel, it's time for a fun game oh. um, to get you more invested into this into this episode. <laughs> uh, so, what we've got here is it's a recurring segment called okay. Scooby or Not Scooby. Interesting. An- another classic literary reference. Yeah, Shakespeare reference. Yes, exactly. Um, so the way it works is that each week. I um I pick out some titles, and you have to tell me if it's a title of a Scooby Doo episode or something else. And the theme, something else can be yes. anything else. Well, the theme for this week is: is it an episode of Scooby Doo, or is it a fifties sci-fi movie? Oh, all right. Like in the vein of your forbidden planets or your fantastic right. voyages that sort of thing. i've actually been watching a few 50 sci-fi movies recently good, good. so maybe maybe i can get ahead of this thing could be could be number one phantom from space i'm gonna say that's a 50 sci-fi movie. that is that is the, yeah. uh, I, I do have synopses for you in case you decide right. you might want to watch any of these so this one is Phantom from Space from 1953. After a UFO sighting, a mysterious phantom in a bizarre outfit starts attacking people in San Fernando Valley. Wow. It's, that, that sounds like the rest of them. It, yes, it does. <laughs> a bizarre outfit, I like. Yes. Uh, here we go. Monster from the Ocean Floor. That's interesting. I'm going to say again, that's a sci-fi movie. That is. Yes. Uh, Julie, an American on vacation in Mexico, spots a giant one-eyed amoeba rising from the ocean. But when she tries to tell the authorities and no one believes her, she finally teams up with a marine biologist in an attempt to destroy it. Interesting. Yeah, had to be a... a... Biologist George Costanza. Only real ones know what I'm talking about. I'm not a real one, I don't know. Um... There is a Seinfeld episode where he pretends to be a marine biologist to uh, get with a girl. And on at the end, the episode ends with they're on a date on the beach. And there's a, a beached whale. Everyone's crowded around. And you can hear someone in the crowd scream, Is anyone here a marine biologist? 
uh, and they turn to George Costanza. And he's like, ah, and then it cuts to commercial. Interesting, interesting. Could you give me some more background on this? Um, just so I can, I can understand what it is you're saying to me. Uh, oh, so you know nothing about Seinfeld. Seinfeld, what's Seinfeld? Okay, um, so there's this guy... And he's just a normal guy. Uh, just a normal guy? He's just, he's like you and me. He's got okay. some friends. Sounds but good. But just some things, sometimes some funny things happen. And he's going to show us. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it I don't know how to continue this bit, Ethan. <laughs> You've put me in a corny. I was not prepared. Oh, gosh. To comedically explain Seinfeld. <laughs> Well, thank you for, for trying. <laughs> Your next putting title. me in humiliating si- hi- uh, situations that I'm not prepared to withstand. So just like continue, your, uh, continue with your game. It's, it's like, like you're on your own episode of Seinfeld here. Yeah. Well, okay. Continue with the game. <laughs> the scary sky skeleton. Yeah, that's Scooby Doo. If I that ever heard of. The gang visit Daphne's friend Wendy, a stunt pilot who is getting ready to fly for an air show. Pretty soon, the sky skeleton shows up. But what does it want? What's a sky (laughs) Is it just a skeleton in the sky? It's literally just like a dude in a Party City skeleton outfit who flies a plane. The sky skeleton feels like the skeleton of the sky, like the backbone of the atmosphere. But no, this is a lot more uh, tangible present yeah. Yeah. we're yeah. dealing with. I guess that's the premise of all Scooby-Doo episodes. Is that it's just a guy. I was a teenage Frankenstein. That's a sci-fi movie. That is. 1957. Yeah. Professor Frankenstein creates a teenager from an accident victim who gets angry when he learns he's going to be taken apart. Straightforward. Well, isn't wait? Say that again. Professor Frankenstein creates a teenager from an accident victim who gets angry when he learns he's going to be taken apart. Interesting. Usually, the bod—they're already dead when when he gets a hold of them. I feel like that's true. That doesn't make any sense. He's—he doesn't like take a teenager and like (laughs) say, "I'm going to make you Frank a Frankenstein." This is, I mean, I copied it verbatim. Uh, Professor Frankenstein creates a teenager from an accident victim who gets angry when he learns he is going to be taken apart. And it makes it sound like he's still alive and is upset that he's going to take him apart yeah. and put him back together again. That feels, yeah, Dr. Frankenstein's running into some ethical medical yeah. issues here. Yeah, <laughs> if it wasn't already, now he really is... Uh, he's really he's really done it this time. He's breaking some Hippocratic oaths here. He's really <laughs> stepped in it. Yeah. Okay. Me and my shadow demon. That's interesting. I'm going to say sci-fi film. That is a Scooby Doo. Wow, I my logic. I, I I assumed that if anything had a an I or me pronoun in the title, it couldn't have it couldn't be a Scooby Doo episode because who would that be referring to? It's almost it's like, like I anticipated that. Oh no! Oh no! You got me. You've humiliated me again. What is <laughs> what is this torture situation? 
in which he repeatedly set me up for failure and disappointment. It's well, I've got, a, I've got a, a synopsis for you, so maybe we could figure out who the titular me is here. All right. The All chest right. of demons is stolen by a shadow demon, so the gang heads off to a maze-like befuddle manor to retrieve it. But soon they have to contend with the demon chest escapee, Queen Morbidia. I don't know. Could be so, it's, so it's Queen Morbidia. Is I guess, yes, yeah, so it must be Queen Morbidia's shadow demon. Well, I know that now. <laughs> uh, you, should have been, you should have anticipated Queen Morbidia, Daniel. When I'm sorry. I, I apologize that I did not anticipate Queen Morbidia. Just erasing women from history here. That's, that's right. I want to put it on the record for all your listeners uh, that this is what I do. <laughs> it's my speciality. The Alligator People. That's gotta be a sci-fi movie. That is a sci-fi movie from Ooh, 1959. Right. Okay, I've got Under therapeutic hypnos- hypnosis. A seemingly well-adjusted young woman tells a fantastic story, verified by lie detector, of her forgotten marriage to a man who disappeared on the day of their honeymoon, and of her search with him, which takes her to a lonely mansion in a remote section of swampland, tenanted by snakes, alligators, a drunken one-armed lout, a mysterious doctor, and a cold-hearted empty woman, who, or elderly woman who lives alone in a brooding manse. A lot, a lot going on there. That sounds good. I'm gonna. I'm adding this to the watch list. That just also, sounds like a good, fun yeah. movie. It also was one entire sentence. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a banger. It does. It does, doesn't it? I don't think it is actually people who are alligator people. Judging by this. sure, that's fine. But based on that pre- yeah, but based on that premise, that's yeah, I don't I need alligator it. people too. Now, right. That's that's a bonus. That's a little icing on the cake if there are alligator people. But that's you're what you right. just said is good enough for me. The Dinosaur Deception. That's interesting. I'm going to say it's a Scooby-Doo episode. That is a Scooby-Doo. <sighs> the Journalists. This was during the, uh, the uh, era of Scooby-Doo that they were journalists for whatever reason. They what did, era was that? That's the... The new Scooby-Doo Mysteries featuring Scrappy-Doo, in which Daphne comes back and gets Scooby, Scrappy, and Shaggy to uh, run a, a paranormal newspaper with her. Any thoughts on that? I, uh, I, I have to say my computer did freeze for that entire description that you okay. just I can hear it. Cut out as soon as I said. I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> the oh, I said I said what era were they journalists? Yes, yes I give it to you again because it, it, it's 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 so nice. I'll say it twice. Yes, in the uh, new Scooby Doo mysteries, Daphne returns to the show and enlists Scooby, Scrappy, and Shaggy to run a paranormal newspaper with her okay when did daphne leave the show when scrappy doo came in uh they all left scrappy doo wait who they all left belma fred and daphne disappear from the show after the first season with scrappy doo and it is just scooby scrappy and and shaggy what 
Yeah, and it's bad. You know, it sucks. Is that and... why in the first movie everyone hates Scrappy Doo? Yes. Yes. Interesting. I'm learning yeah. so much here. So the the plot of the dinosaur deception is that the journalists go to visit Doctor Larue, a paleontologist in San Pablo, Mexico, who has excavated a dinosaur that has come to life. The dinosaur is now scaring everyone off. But why? And does it have anything to do with the lost silver line of Montezuma? Probably not. Ooh. Probably nothing to do with it. Ooh. Probably just a dinosaur. Nah, I bet I, I bet it's Montezuma. Come on. Okay, last one, Daniel. Here we go. You ready? All right. All right. The Wrath of Waitro. Uh, spell the last uh, word for me, please. W-A-I-T-R-O. Watro. Waitro. Watro. Waitro. Well, if you know exactly how it's pronounced, it makes me think it's a Scooby-Doo app. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm going to Waitro, because that's how it's spelled. Wait, how's it spelled again? W-A-I-T-R-O. Oh, I missed the I. Okay, so you don't actually have any insight. Like the word not. wait. Yes. Okay, so actually you don't have any insider knowledge on this. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. What were the other words? <laughs> the Wrath of Waitro. The Wrath of Waitro. I'm going to say Scooby-Doo. That is a Scooby-Doo. Uh, I, that's, that feels too specific of a yeah. thing no one knows about to put as the title of a movie. This is a this is a pup named Scooby Doo episode. The guys stop for a snack, but soon figure out that they can't afford to pay for it. What would Commander Cool and Mellow Mutt do to stop the evil waiter Waitro from getting them? This just sounds like an Italian neo realist film. Yeah, it's a it's a evil waiter apparently. I I don't remember that episode, but I find the. Uh, oh. The plot of it very funny. Um, okay, back to back to Venice in Venice, Daniel. Venice in Venice. I keep in my head. I keep reading it as Venice and Menace. For some reason, that comes more naturally to me than Venice, Venice and Menace. Venice. Like uh, like deer meat. I don't know what that means, but sure, sure. Venison. What? Venison. I don't know what you're talking V-E-N-I-O-S-O-N. Venison. That's the term for deer meat. I didn't know that. I guess you're not from Texas, so you've never yeah, eaten deer meat. I'm from Florida. I only know the do sun. Have, do they have deer in Florida? Yeah, I see deer a lot. But they just don't eat them. But I, just I, don't, I do not eat them. Yeah, you just yeah. eat alligator. That's that's right. We Yeah. Yeah, just go to the Blades, get some crocodiles, get some alligators. Just munch, 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 frankly. <laughs> um, yeah, but let's go back to your uh, little... <laughs> so we're back to the, um, the Art Institute, because Velma has, has a hunch for some reason that the missing painting of Doge Malvolio IV somehow has a connection to all of this situation. Don't know why. She just got this idea literally out of nowhere. That's fine, because she winds up, she's right, of course. She's um, smart. Uh, yeah, I, I'll say it. Velma, she's smart. She is? Yeah, yeah. Who's your favorite member of the gang? Is it Velma? Oh. 
I mean, from the live-action movies, yeah, probably Velma. Uh, the Matthew Lillard is giving a powerhouse performance. Yes. Um, yes. In this in this rendition, in this episode, I don't know. Uh, Antonio is not an answer. You can't say Yeah, Antonio. I can't say Mario. I can't say Antonio. I can't say the mean Italian gondolier. Um... I don't know. I'll just say I don't like any of them. That's that is totally fair. <laughs> um, it's, but speaking of uh, Mario, we go off on like we we split up right to search for this painting because you know if the curator of the museum doesn't know where it is, these kids are going to find it that night. You know, that's just mm-hmm. going to happen. Just doing some poking around. Mario goes off on his own and and pretends to be attacked by the. Uh, the Ghost of Gondolier. Spoiler alert! <laughs> he's in a he's in a room by himself, and we hear him talking to the uh, the Ghost of Gondolier, and then we come in, and he's vanished. But the, the room is trashed, and th- yeah. this is where and here is where the red plastic is. Yes, exactly. Nailed Thank it. you. Nailed it. Come on in here, Daniel. What is? What yeah. Is oh, I'm great at this. Yes, we find Velma finds some shards of red plastic. Um, I find this funny that this is a clue, because as as we've established, the room is destroyed. It's yeah. completely trash. Yeah, the but, plastic could have just been there. Yes, but for some Can reason, I this plastic on? yeah, <laughs> this plastic yeah. is different from the other trash. It's different from the other debris. Mm-hmm. This is suspicious. Um. But while this is happening, Scooby and Shaggy, for some reason, were put in charge of guarding Antonio, who has the uh, the medallion, um, the last remaining medallion. But naturally, they do a bad job because the Ghost of Gondolier shows up and steals Antonio, stabs Antonio himself. Um, there's a cool little like chase scene here where Scooby is hanging on the the light switch, and it's a uh, turning on and off and then you're like like cutting from black to to back to the scene and then the uh the ghost is gone do you remember this i do yes i think i thought that was kind of nice it was a nice stylistic choice yeah sure okay (laughs) your little game has put me in a real sour mood ethan made me feel less than a man well, don't worry, there's another game later on in the episode. Oh, that's so. good. That's so good. I'm so, so excited. Um, but continue talking about the episode. They uh, they follow, they find these thick black footprints. Mm-hmm. And they follow them to the canals. They see the, uh, they see the gondolier, so they hop in their own boat, but the gondolier uh, uh, trashes the boat with his paddle and tells them to sink to the bottom you fools pretty traumatic yeah it's very it's extreme i'll say it they maybe went too far it's scary for a kid yeah um what happens next is scary too because scooby-doo flings himself off of the boat like pole vaults on accident flies through the air his tail Snags on a lever that's like jutting out of a cliff face. 
it wraps around it, pulls the lever, opens the trap door, he falls into the into the trap door. The door closes behind him, and the gang follow behind. There is no explanation to what this trap door is or why it is there. Yeah. None whatsoever. That's why and they it, call it Scooby Doo. That's true. It's an X file is what it is. Um to make matters worse, Scooby-Doo slide once he goes through the trapdoor, he slides along the floor, bumps into a fireplace, which opens another trapdoor. Yeah. Spinning That's a super wall. That's right. This time, this behind this wall is where Daphne and uh, Antonio are being held, and on the uh, other side of the false wall is is the missing portrait of Doge Malvolio the Fourth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We found it. You found it. I and didn't. I didn't find anything. It's true. But... It's true. I don't want to take credit for them. For what they did, but those wonderful kids. Yeah. What um, what did they find on this painting, Daniel? Uh, um. What do they find on this painting? I'm testing your uh, your your media. Retention, whether or not you are capable of retaining information. Oh boy, I did watch this two and a half times. This is a very, this is a very important clue. It's the century episode. I vividly remember the red plastic. Uh, what do I remember? Is it the eye color? No, it's not the eye color. No, no. really, this is going on the internet. You said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't agree to that, but interesting. Just remember that this is a show about um, people who are good at deductive um, reasoning and mystery solving. And so far you have proven that you are bad at that. I didn't have to come here, <laughs> Ethan. I didn't, I didn't have to do this little, little show of yours. What's in the freaking picture? The portrait has... He's standing in front of the Piazza San Marco, and in the background is a column that has all four medallions. There's a arranged. column of all four medallions on it. Yes, they're arranged in one big medallion as one yes. big diamond shape. Yes, of course. One big rhombus. So now we know where he's going to yeah. go. We go to the Piazza San Marco. We see the gondolier using the medallion all four of them together as like a bit of like a key to open a, a trap door. Another trap door. Yeah. Apparently lots of trap doors and secret doors all around Venice. Just That's everywhere. why they call it Scooby-Doo. It's a great point. It's a great point. Uh, we follow him indoors. Um, he's talking to himself. He goes, you know, this now it's all mine. He's finally found the treasure, the Doge Malvolio the Fourth. Uh, but then the gang is there, so they have to have another chase. This leads to the bo- the boys hiding in yet another secret door. This That's time, why they call it... Continue. This time it leads to a 500-year-old dumbwaiter, which I don't think I would climb onto. Well, Seems dangerous. You're not the detective, are you? You're right, you're right, you're right. I also would be a bad member of Mystery Inc. because I would not want to 
put myself in harm's way like this. Yeah. I will cop to that. I wouldn't even want to do all the running that's required. Mm-hmm. It's, a lot, it's a lot of running. Too true. At the top of the at the top of the dumbwaiter, Scooby Doo and Shaggy masquerade as part of a bell as like a clock face bell yes. thing. Fun little bit. Uh, Scooby hops onto the back of a stone griffin, mm-hmm. and he's there with the uh, with the the ghost of gondolier, and the griffin breaks off. And yes. Daniel, you're a pretty smart person. Um, you are. If you know me outside of this episode, yeah, maybe. yeah, that's what I'm. I'm, I'm going to bring in some important expertise from you because you seem like someone who understands okay. science and mathematics very well, or at the very least, is someone who yeah, understands the laws of physics. Correct. Yeah, I got a C in my last physics class. I passed. Pretty good, pretty good. So, a giant solid stone mm-hmm. griffin breaks off of a tall building and falls. Yeah. What happens next, according to the laws of physics? It fly up in the sky? You are correct, because we're, we're dealing with I cartoon physics here. Cartoon what? physics here. Now this is just how it works. The griffin, uh, because it, it functions like a hang glider, of course, mm-hmm. soars up into the air. Scooby-Doo, or Fred grabs Shaggy off the back of the griffin, but Scooby-Doo is left on it. Apparently, yeah, Fred's got favorites. Um, yeah. The griffin continues going. He collides with the gondola. Now, Daniel, you understand the laws of physics. We've established this. Yes, we have established that. A giant stone gargoyle griffin thing, giant piece of masonry, collides with a wooden boat. What happens next? Is the boat on the water? Boat's on the water, yes. Then I think the boat go up in the sky like a plane. Yeah, the boat go up in the sky like a plane. Um, because yes. <laughs> and then uh, collides with the ghostly gondolier, trapping him. We did it. They did it. They have captured the ghost. It is Mario. But Mario, Mario is Antonio's best pal. Yeah, what's... why would he do this? What kind of person? Tell me, what kind of person would do this? It makes you sick. Yeah, you're right. To think how someone that you're friends with uh, could be, could could lead you on and betray you in such yeah. a public way. Yeah. That is um, terrible. Yeah. Make you look like a fool. Make you emas- mask <laughs> masculate you and look like make you look look a fool. It 
I don't know who could do such a thing. You, so you said this is going on the internet? This is going on the internet, yeah, Daniel, it is. Um, okay, I'll talk to you afterward about um, that. Well, I could tell you, to make matters worse, not only is Mario a pal, but he's also a secret family member. He's secretly also a descendant of Doge Malfolio IV. Oh my god. He was wearing red contacts the whole time. Because he secretly has green eyes. And red plus green equals brown eyes. Yeah, I mean, this... I'm colorblind. Um, As so, am I. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't understand this section at all. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't even think that's... I'm, I don't think that's how contacts work these days, for sure. Yeah. color contacts um but i don't know to be honest with you i've never wanted to change my eye color um yeah i guess i love my eyes i think they're beautiful the way they are yeah well that's yeah. interesting that you think that um we do have one other clue do you remember what it was i brought it up earlier in the episode is the the, the gas canister yes yes okay. this is the most important part because as we saw earlier, the um, the gondola disappeared into thin air, right? So where could it have gone? What, what happens is, is that this is not actually a real gondola. It is made of rubber, and Mario can deflate and reinflate it whenever he wants with that can of oxygen. He can inflate it whenever he wants? Yes. When he deflates it, does the does it just go back into the canister? I guess so. Yeah. It's a good, it, I mean, that's it, what Vel. That all I have is what Velma has has. It seems to me there would be some energy loss every time you make that sort of transaction. No, so you, uh, no, you're wrong. You would always end up. No, I'm right. Shut up. I would always. You would always end up with less air the next time because no. there would be some leakage. Some, you know, just no. Um, he can deflate and reinflate it whatever he wants. Um. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are the rules, and that's the episode. Fuck, fuck me, I guess. Am I allowed to curse on the Scooby Doo? Podcast? Yeah, you are. No, no children out there listening. You know. All right. And if they are, here's my here's my. Well, you are. That's true. I am listening right now. You got me. You got me, Daniel. Man, you've it's made me a worse person. <laughs> well, are you ready for another game? Yeah, I'm ready for one of your funny games. This is another um, one that's going to test your deductive capability. Ah, fuck, fuck. This game. <laughs> Is called Jinkies or Stinkies. Oh no. And each week. Oh no. I collect some stories or facts that somehow relate to a topic in the episode. Some of these will be true stories. The true stories are called Jinkies. Why are some they called Jinkies? Because no. you say Jinkies when you discover a fact or. 
a clue. What? That's what Velma does. She says jinkies whenever she discovers a fact or clue. Oh, I watched the episode of the audio off, so I didn't catch that. Ah, there you go. Um, and stinkies are things that I came up with. They are fake. Yeah. They're fake stories. Yeah, like this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. You're correct. So the story this week is the the stories all relate somehow to Venice or Venetian history, that sort of thing. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I got six of them for you, so this is the first one. Okay. Long before William Shakespeare penned the, Mitch, the Merchant of Venice, there was a far more famous Venetian merchant making waves, Marco Polo. At the age of 14, Marco Polo went on his first expedition. He was sent to Asia in search of spices and rare linens. While in Persia, he met a woman, and by woman I mean someone who was also 14 years old. And they fell in love. He wanted to marry her, but he did not know that he, but he knew that his parents, the Venetian nobility, would not approve. So he did what anyone would do. He faked his own death, or at least attempted to. He threw his clothes off a cliff into the Persian Gulf during the night and hid away. But he was not very smart and did not hide very far away, and was found the next morning cowering in his would-be fiancé's house, naked and embarrassed. Okay. Is so, that a jinky or stinky dip? I think it's a little bit of jinky and a little bit of stinky, so I'm going to say it's a stinky. It is. You're correct. Uh, yes! 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 <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the bit about him falling in love was completely fabricated. I made all of it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A man like that couldn't love. You're right. You're right. He's too focused on his career. It's true. It's true. When excavating... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, would you like to hear the next one? <laughs> I'm. That's interesting to consider. Would I like to hear the next one? After all I have been through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can say your little thing. You can say your little thing. Okay. When excavating a mass grave of Venetian plague victims in 2006... A female skull was discovered with the jaw forced open by a brick. This process was typical amongst the corpses of suspected vampires. When stomach fluid decomposes, it sometimes rushes through the throat and appears as a black liquid, which undertakers in the Middle Ages misconstrued for blood. There's no way for knowing for sure. There's no way of knowing for sure, but when the autopsy revealed that the skull was from a septuagenarian, the archaeologists hypothesized that, due to the low age expectancy of women in the Dark Ages, this poor woman was suspected of being a vampire or a witch purely because she managed to live past 70. This one sounds like a jinky. It is a jinky. It is a jinky. Here we go. Regaining my dignity. Yeah, so far you're, you're, you're two for two. You're perfect so far. Mm-hmm. 33% of the way done. Yeah. That's math. Next up okay. is another one. Poveglia Island is one of the most popular tourist destinations in Venice and is said to be one of the most haunted places in all of Europe. It was originally fortified as a quarantine settlement for plague victims. Over 160,000 people died on this island. 
So much so that the locals claim that the soil there is made of 50% human remains. Things get creepier when in 1922, a mental hospital was opened on the island. According to local legend, a mad doctor tortured and killed many of the patients, only to die himself when he fell from the bell tower. Today, the building stands in ruins that have been reclaimed by nature. That's interesting. That is interesting. A mad doctor. Um... I'm going to say Jinky. You are correct, Dan. You're at 50%. Yeah. I sure am, in several ways. (laughs) Uh, Next one, you ready? Yeah. To become a gondolier, one must first graduate from the gondolier school. A ri- yeah, yeah, crazy. A rigorous process that requires the students to exhibit extensive knowledge not only of the waterway system, but also of Venetian history and art. After this, you must embark on a year-long internship before being allowed to captain your own gondola. Giorgio Bianchi was willing to wade through the system in order to enact change. He wanted to make gondolas more fun. Upon graduating, he redecorated his gondola to look like a yellow submarine. He installed speakers in the bow of the boat that played Beatles music on loop. To be specific, he played yellow submarine nonstop. I he see why he chose this. He was fired by the end of the day. That's the end of the story. Um... This seems much too catered to my tastes. I'm going to say this is a stinky. You are correct. Yeah. You did make it up. Yeah, you pandering fool. <laughs> I wanted to make it a good experience for you to come on this show. To make it a, a, a pleasant time. <laughs> Is that what it is? This is a good experience? Yeah. Is that what this is, Ethan? A good experience? Yeah, we got two more. You ready? Say it. (laughs) Runners in the Venice Marathon are escorted by a cavalcade of cars and motorcycles up until the final leg of the race, at which they diverge from the path and let the runners finish the race in the old city where land vehicles are not welcome amongst the network of canals. Usually, this is not a problem, except in the 2017 race in which the frontrunners and heavy favorites to win followed the cars on their detour just before the end of the race and onto a major thoroughfare. The winner of the race wound up being a guy who was fairly far behind the entire marathon and was only on his second attempt at a marathon ever. This is interesting. Let me do some Googling before I answer this question. Uh, um, I'm going to say, because if you made that up, that's a very lame thing to make up. So I'm going to say jinky. You are correct. It's a very lame story. Most of the thing, like when I was 
researching for this, it was all like floods, another flood in Venice. Have you heard of a flood? There's a flood. And it's like, yeah, it's impossible to make up a flood. Because even if you made it up, it still happened that exact way at some point. Exactly. Exactly. So, not a lot of fun, enjoyable news stories in. Yeah, unlike the rest of these. Exactly. This last one is very fun, Mm. but it's also the last one. And I will tell you that not only is your dignity on the line here, as you've so, you know, forcefully established, but also, if you get this last one right, you would be the only person so far in the history of heavy metal to get every jinky or stinky correct. That's a lot. Okay. 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 So, so, so they be mulling that over. As Has anyone way. else gotten this close? Like, gotten off the first five? I don't think anyone has gotten five in a row, but other people have gotten right. five out of six. So, okay. Here we go. The Venice Film Festival hmm. is one of the most famous and prestigious in all of Europe. In addition to screenings of art films and Oscar hopefuls, they, will all, they also will sometimes have in-person experiences and installations to promote their films. In 2008, to promote Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler, a wrestling event was staged between WWE legend Ric Flair and Italian wrestler, wrestler Nico Marcado, known as Marcado the Tornado. Now, in 2008, Ric Flair was at the end of his long wrestling career, clocking in at just under 60 years old. The Tornado was 31 and known for being a bit of a spitfire. Though the fight was staged, Marcado wanted to pull one over on the Americans, and went a little harder than he should have, smashing Ric Flair through a breakaway table and breaking two of his ribs. The whole event was eerily similar to the film they were meant to be promoting. Flair retired from wrestling later that year. This guy's named Ric Flair, you said? Ric Flair. Um... I'm going to say going to say stinky. You are correct, Daniel. Mm. Congratulations, mm. Daniel. Mm. You've done the best at jinkies or stinkies mm. anyone to have guested on this show. Mm. Excellent work, excellent work. And if it makes you feel better, nobody so far has been perfect on Scooby or not Scooby. So, yeah, you've done great. You've done great. Mm-hmm. There's only one thing left before you're allowed to leave the show. Uh, I'm not allowed to leave? No. Everything that is left is just to rank this episode on our official heavy metal tier list. So, there are five tiers, starting from the bottom. We have Rut Row. That's for the very worst episodes of the show. You could never imagine ever watching them again. Just interminable. Up from that, Scooby Dumb. Named after Scooby-Doo's unfortunately named cousin, 
Scooby Dubs for the episodes. <laughs> that Is that true? Yes, he does have a cousin named Scooby Dubs. <laughs> I'm naming my firstborn Scooby Dub. Continue. Yeah, so it is It is a category for, you know, episodes we think are stupid, ones we don't really like that much, but they're not, like, terrible. They're not, like, offensively bad. They're just, like, mm-hmm. not great. Middle of the Road is the Just Another Mystery tier. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's just another episode of Scooby-Doo. Follows the formula. Doesn't do anything special, but it's not, you know, bad enough to be bad. The groovy tier is for episodes we like a lot, episodes that we're really vibing with, but are just not enough to reach that perfect upper echelon, which is the golden scoop tier, the cream of the crop, the best of the best, which I am sure you think this episode should fall into. Am I right, Daniel? Um, what was the middle tier called again? Just another mystery. All right. And what was the criteria for that one again? It's just like another episode of just a, a typical I episode mean, of Scooby Doo. Yeah. I mean, I I can't judge that is the thing. I do. Yeah. It's is you tell me is this just another episode of Scooby Doo? I would not say it is a typical episode, but I would say that it it is a middle of the road episode. So I would say that it goes in that middle tier. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling yeah. it's not. How do we say this? And this can be applied to this whole process that you've set me up on up into and including this recording session. Mm-hmm. It was yes. a joy to experience. Right. right. Um, uh, it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yep. dog was in it. The dog you was had, in it. Yeah. You had this Italian Phoenix Buchanan type yes. running around, yes. rowing around. Flying yes. around. Yes. You have these, you have some fellas, you have some gals, and you have a dog. Mm-hmm. And it's just classic Scooby Doo. It is. A lot of secret doors. That's why they call it Scooby Doo. That's correct. That's why. So That's I'm going to say middle means. of the road. You're correct. I agree with middle. you. What do you like? Yeah. What what is this? It's your what is this, Ethan? I agree with your opinion. I'm so you you I can't believe this. I had no choice in the matter. God, you're correct. God, I can't. I'm so upset. It swayed one way or the other, but that was already where I was I was thinking. So I'm glad that that we thought the same thing. Yes, we often do. We often has have Identical opinions on everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excited to come back on for the Fitzcarraldo episode. Absolutely. Um, we'll find it. We'll find the Fitzcarraldo episode of Scooby Doo. Um, yeah. Daniel. What? Thank you so much for coming on Heavy Metal. I yeah. Really it was. Uh, well, no, I can't say that. Um. It. It was nice to be invited. Great, great. I'm glad to hear it. It was it was a joy to have I you on. I hope this gets you. I hope you get lots of clicks. It will. Lots yeah. of likes. Do you have anything you want to promote? Any plugs you want to drop? Any social media? Anything? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jutopia Two for some great content. Uh, follow me on Letterbox, Daniel Foster. 
uh, yeah. on, on Letterboxd for some great reviews and ratings that are mm-hmm. very easy to understand. Yes. Um, watch Happy Feet 2, sure. Masterpiece of the Century. Um, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> I think that's plenty. Uh, I think this is yeah. the end of the episode. It is? Well, Don't hang follow hang me on, on Facebook. I have to give my plugs, Daniel. Gosh. Gosh, you do that every show, episode. You do that every episode, though. You can skip this one. Let me you go. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real Brundine. You can follow the show on Twitter at Heavy Metal Pod. Thank you all for listening. If you liked the episode, you can rate it. Tell us what you thought. Tell us what you thought of Daniel's performance as a guest. Was he? A I'll good tell you guest? what I thought. Is he a bad guest? Let us know. And once, just one last time, thanks again to Daniel Foster for joining me this week. Thank you for listening and stay groovy.